ABC Listen. Yeah, my friends, it's Jack here, filling in for Ruby, and this is news time. Hi, Jack. Good day, Jack. Today, we'll say sorry and talk about reconciliation. Then we'll travel around Australia with a man on a special scooter. Next, we'll meet a white echidna. After that, we're going to take a look at how the stinging plant might take the sting out of pain. And then it's that time of the week you've been waiting for. Wow, the week. Okay, let's get this show on the road. Let's go! Story number five. Today is National Sorry Day. You look back and say sorry to the Aboriginal people. We're saying sorry for what's happened in the past. That's right. Sorry Day recognises the pain and hurt suffered by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. National Sorry Day particularly acknowledges the suffering and grief of the Stolen Generations. The Stolen Generations are Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who were taken from their families as children by governments and churches. These children were sent to live with non-Indigenous families they didn't know, and they often had to change their names. That means a lot of people lost connection with their families and their culture. These unfair actions continue to cause a lot of hurt for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Sorry Day recognises this hurt and looks towards reconciliation. Reconciliation is about joining together. Always speak the truth. Yes, and reconciliation and healing starts with recognising the pain that's been caused and saying sorry. But healing and reconciliation is a difficult and ongoing process. It's really important for our generations to understand the mistakes from the past so we can make positive change for the future. We can contribute by learning more about our shared histories and culture, particularly during Reconciliation Week. This year's theme is Be a Voice for Generations, encouraging all Australians to be a voice for reconciliation in our everyday lives, where we live, work and play. Respecting your past, but also thinking about your future and standing up what you believe in. Yep, recognising the works of generations past for the benefit of future generations. And so we can make a more equal country for all today. Story number four. Do you know what a stinging tree is? It looks like a big leaf with lots of little knives on it. It'll sting ya. It'll hurt. Like you were being pricked by a hundred knives? That's right. The stinging tree, also known as the gimpy gimpy tree, are found in rainforests along the east coast of Australia, between Cape York and southern New South Wales. Stinging trees have big green heart-shaped leaves that have very tiny needle-like hairs on them that are filled with toxins or plant poisons. People that brush up against the tree say that it's like a million tiny needles going into your skin. Ouch, that will hurt. And the pain can last for weeks, even months. Pain feels like lightning shooting up through your veins and it hurts a lot. It sure does. Scientists have recently discovered that the stinging tree toxins, called gimpytides, have a unique way of mixing with proteins in human genes. Genes are the blueprint or information for our bodies. This mixing of stinging tree poison with human proteins is what causes the pain in human bodies. So now, scientists are looking at ways to block this process. 
They think because the stinging tree toxins can cause pain for weeks or months, they might be able to find a way to convert them into a painkiller that doesn't have side effects. It could make you feel sick sometimes when you take it. When they have it, they won't have to do it all the time and they'll be in less pain. You wouldn't have to take medicine so often. Exactly, which is good news for the one in every five people in Australia over the age of 45 who live with chronic pain. That's pain they feel all the time. So this research could help millions of people. And remember, if you get stung by a stinging tree... You should tell your parents. That's right. Story number three. Imagine getting on a scooter and travelling all around Australia. It would be, like, amazing because it's really fantastic and cool. It would be, like, really good because you could explore more. That's exactly what Bevan Kearsley is doing. It looks like a motorbike and a wheelchair on the motorbike. It's like a big scooter that you could drive without any seats in it. It's a normal scooter that has been converted into a trike, or bike with three wheels. It has a ramp on the back so Bevan can wheel his wheelchair up onto it. That's because Bevan is a paraplegic. That means you can't move your legs. It does. Bevan was riding a motorcycle 31 years ago when he was involved in a crash. The accident left him with permanent spinal injuries. Recently, Bevan was asked to speak to patients at a Brisbane rehabilitation centre. That's a hospital where people who've had a stroke or injuries learn to look after themselves again. And it just happened to be the same spinal unit Bevan was in when he first had his accident. Bevan says nothing much had changed in the spinal unit since he was there 30 years before. So Bevan decided he would raise money to help build a new rehabilitation centre. Because spinal patients' rehabilitation can take anywhere from six months to two years, they have to live in the hospital away from their family and friends. It would be a bit upsetting because you can't do, like, fun things. Sure would. Bevan wants to build a specially designed centre that has accommodation for families and patients, so the patients aren't taking up much-needed beds in hospitals. They want to be in somewhere where it's friendly, comfortable, where their family can visit them. Yep. Bevan hopes to raise more than a million dollars with his Around Australia scooter travels to make the new rehab centre a reality. Story number two. Australian echidnas are funny-looking creatures. It would usually be brown and black. They like digging and they like grubs. They have really sharp spikes and when they get scared, they, their spikes go everywhere. That's right. But imagine if one was all white. Wowee. Recently, local Bathurst resident Jeff Hadley came across a peculiar-looking white creature on the side of the road. It was an echidna. I'd be really shocked and, like, amazed. He was. Jeff thought the echidna might have been hurt because it wasn't moving, but he soon realised the little critter was just trying to cross the road. So Jeff helped the white echidna to safety and took a couple of photos because he was so surprised at what he'd seen. He showed the photos to the local council and they nicknamed the echidna Raffi. Raffi is an albino. Your cells don't produce the white colour. Yes. Albinoism is an abnormality from birth that can happen in most animals as well as humans. 
It's when someone or something's skin and hair has no pigment or colour. It's pretty rare, but just how rare in echidnas isn't known. Wow! Where Rafi was last seen is being kept a secret to keep it safe. Always remember, if you come across an animal in the wild, particularly a rare one, take a few photos from a distance, but never touch them. If we touch them, they will lose their scent of the way home. Safe travels, Rafi. And now it's that time of the week, the story you've all been waiting for. Wow of the week! This story made me go wow because I never knew hair could be compost. Did you know that 400 tonnes of hair is cut off at Aussie hairdressers each year? That's about the weight of four blue whales. That is a lot. It sure is. What do you think happens to all that hair? Hair can be recycled. I don't. I think so, I could. I think it could be, actually. Wigs, it could go into pillows, but it wouldn't be very comfy. Take it to the tip. Some makes wigs, but uh, most of it does end up at the tip. Scientists have been looking at what else they can do with all that hair. They've recently discovered that mixing human hair with compost can improve the quality of soils. This is because each tiny strand of hair is packed with nutrients, like nitrogen, carbon and protein. And once it's broken down, it feeds the soils and makes plants grow big and strong. I never knew that. Amazing, right? But it's not a simple process because hair is extremely strong, stronger than glass. If you took hair from your hairbrush and put it in your garden at home, it would take thousands of years to break down. To help the hair break down in soils and release its nutrients faster, it must be processed. So scientists have been putting hair through a special machine that grinds it down. That ground hair is then mixed with compost to make soil conditioner, which is then added to soils so plants can access all those nutrients and help give us the food we eat. Because the food that grows gets their food from the soil. Human hair is also being used to clean up oil spills. Clippings are stuffed into massive stockings to create giant sausage-like hair booms that stop oils from spreading. It stops waste and it turns waste into something useful. Sure does. I wonder what they'll come up with next. You can put it in a stocking and put it on your chicken's nest so then the foxes don't eat your chickens. Hmm, maybe. Well, that's it for this week, my friends. Thanks, Jack. Don't forget to do the quiz. You'll find it in the show notes. And I'll catch you next week with five new stories. See you next time. Bye, Jack. See you next time. Or as they say in Swedish, Heydor! News Time is an ABC Kids Listen podcast. For other awesome podcasts to play, music to move to and stories and soundtracks for sleep, Download the ABC Kids Listen app. It's free from your app store.